Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Rays are officially eliminated. What went wrong and where do they go from here? Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones and Rick Stroud here from the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. For those who have subscribed, thank you so much. For those who haven't, please do. You can find us everywhere you get your podcast. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud and TampaBay.com. As I mentioned right at the top, the Rays are officially eliminated from playoff contention. It happened Tuesday night with a 6-1 to loss to the Yankees. And Rick, while it became official on Tuesday night, we've actually known this was coming for a while. I haven't felt like this was really a team in contention, even for a wild card for what, about a month now? It's, it feels like it hasn't really been that close, actually. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the high water part was I think they got to seven games over 500 and and then the wheels kind of fell off. And I, I actually was thinking at that time that, you know, they they may actually get in there, that this was kind of a kind of a unique team that had a lot of power. It turns out everybody hit home runs this year, not just the Rays. Um, but, you know, hitting goes into a slump, and they really got into one. They came home for that homestand. They had all those games where they didn't score any runs. And, you know, the pitching just never was really in sync with, with the defense and the hitting. I, I just think that, um, you know, at the start of the year, it's not the same team they finished with. The bullpen is, is probably more solid now than it was when they were losing games. Um, but this is sort of who the Rays are. You know, um, every year they're going to try to battle up to around 500. And I, I think, Tom, we'll talk about what they may have to do from here going forward. Mm-hmm. But it sure feels like they're going to have to rip this thing up a little bit. And they're going to lose some guys to free agency um, already. they got decisions to make, decisions to make on – you know, uh, Alex Cobb seems to be like he's going to be a free agent. That's really his decision. But, you know, whether it's trading a pitcher like Jake Odorizzi uh, or even considering trading, and I know this is sacrilege, Evan Longoria, this would be mm-hmm. the last year that they would have that right without him being, you know, the 10-5 guy that can reject it. So a lot of changes, I think, might be coming for this team. You mentioned, Rick, that they're, they're high watermark, and, and I – I remember I was on vacation. I was in Pennsylvania and I was watching them. They were in that, they were on that trip in California. I, I want to say it was like mid to late July, sometime like around July 17th, 18th, somewhere in there. And they won back-to-back games against Oakland. And I remember the second game of that back-to-back, I think they were down a run in the ninth. They scored two in the ninth. They win that game. And after that game, I believe it was 51 and 44 was their record. Not only were they in first place in the wild card, they were close to being. They were three a, games out of first place. First place in the AL East. That's I mean, correct. They, and at, at that moment, I felt, I was like you, I felt like, you know what, this team has a chance to make, I thought they were going to make the playoffs. And here's what a weird season it's been, Rick. I said before the year, they were going to win 78 games. And about midway through the season, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be way off. They're going to make the playoffs. And now they're going to miss it. And if they go three and three the rest of the way here, or whatever, whatever how many games they have left, uh, they're, they're going to end up winning like seventy-eight games somewhere. And yet, 
I don't know whether it's a disappointment or it's who they are. As you just mentioned, I'm not even sure how to look back at this season because they are, they finished with a record. I thought they were going to finish with somewhere around 77, 78, 79 wins. Yeah. But they didn't get there the way you anticipated. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think, yeah, I think if you'd have said Steven Sousa was going to hit 30 home runs or 30 something home runs, and that, you know, you, you'd have the kind of start that, that you got from some of these guys, you know. Um, Corey it, it Dickerson, just, like, it got off yeah, to a Corey great Dickerson start Corey Dickerson guy was, was leading, the, you know, he's leading the American League for, you know, he's an all-star. I mean, he made yeah. the all-star team because of he was a top five hitter, you know. Um, Logan Morrison, Morrison hitting ba- home runs left and right. Yeah, now. Morrison at first base was, was, you know, lighting it up. So there were a lot of things that you didn't see, but you also you also didn't anticipate, you know, that the starting pitching staff would go through some injuries, that no one would really have a good year, uh, you know, like a, a breakout type season. Expected a whole lot more, um, you know, from from Snell uh, that you didn't get. It, it just it just seemed like they you know they they never really put it together. The defense was an issue. I mean, it was a bad. It was it was a a real issue until they got uh, Hechevera, you know, at shortstop. Yeah. So, I mean, it never really it never really came together the way they envisioned it. And then and then you know they made some changes to help their bullpen, which was, you know, kind of a sieve from the start of the year, and that actually became a strength of their team at the end. Um, so it was it was real disjointed. It's like, you know, I I just don't think you can bash your way to a title and and. While they had career years, you know what? Everybody in Major League Baseball hit more home runs this year. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't matter. It's funny because, you know, they set a, a franchise record, but you know what? Major League Baseball set records. So they couldn't outslug anybody. It turns out that the best path for this team is probably pitching in defense like it's always been. And I think they're at the point now where they need young players to progress up through the minor leagues. You know, look, I know it's AAA, but – you know, they, they were the champions in Durham and they have Jake Bowers and they got guys like that, that they can consider bringing up and just letting them grow up now in, in the major leagues. Well, I look back at the, at the season as you did, and, you, and it wasn't the path that I thought they would, that they would get to 78 wins. And you're right. Their pitching staff is what you thought would lead pitching and defense. And if they'd had a little bit of pitching and a little bit of defense, the first two months of the year, we might be talking a, a different story right now. We might be talking about getting ready for the playoffs because they clearly hit the ball really well the first couple of months, but their pitching was not great. And then about Mm. the time the pitching started to show up a little bit, and they started getting more consistent starting pitching, all of a sudden, Corey Dickerson fell off the face of the earth, and they they stopped hitting the baseball. And Kevin Kiermaier got hurt again. That That was was another issue, issue. yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Kiermaier gives them that sort of spark they need. And when he came back, I thought he played very, very well. Um, you know, they, they held it together in the outfield for a while. Um, but I just think that he has an awful lot. He adds an awful lot to the, to the clubhouse, the energy that you need to play that many games. And, you know, again, though, his, that, de- that, his defense is remarkable, you know, it and, is. and also, I also think it allows you to set your, you set your lineup. That's one thing Kevin right. Cash, because they, they never had a traditional leadoff hitter. You sort of tinker all year long with, mm-hmm. with your lineup. And, and if Evan Longoria is not going to have a, special season it, it's just hard to put it I, I don't know who a three hitter is on this team I don't know who the four hitter is I don't know who the five hitter is I don't know who the leadoff guy is and yeah. that, and that's a problem when you take a key guy like Kiermaier who hits at the top of the lineup 
take him out of the lineup, you know. Mm-hmm. And what does it say about Evan Longoria? You know, after last year, he had, what, 33 home runs or something like that? And then in a season when everybody hits home runs, he hits 19. Right. It's a concern. That's what it says. It says yeah. that he's on the back nine of his career. This is At not least. He's, he's past 30 now, and he's not going to be your best player anymore. I'm not even sure who their best player is, uh, Rick. Well, this year it was back, Steven Souza. You're right. Well, you're absolutely right. It was Steven Souza Jr. He, I would say he's the team MVP, wouldn't you? Absolutely. The year, the year he put together both defensively, I mean, you know, he was banged up a little bit. He's kind of the bull in the china shop, and everybody likes to laugh at him out there. Well, that's the, the, like we're the, talking about Steven Souza Jr. Yeah. being the team MVP. I'm like, I don't know if we're complimenting Souza or saying, oh, good Lord, I can't believe Steven well, Souza no, Jr. I mean, he, is he your put, best player. He put together the best year. He just did. I mean, he RBIs, did. home runs, all those, all those things. And, you know, uh, you know when, he, when he played, he played hard. Their best player right now, I would think they would say, is probably Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, for all the, you know, and, and again, that, we're not talking about, a, you know, a perennial all-star, great glove. We don't know what his career batting average or whether he's going to be a, a guy that hits 15 home runs a year or, right. you know, steals 25, 30 bases. But um, if you were going to build around a, a guy that still has some upside left in him, I mean, who else on this team, you know, you know, you you love, you know, some of the pieces they got for a year or two left, you know, with Ramos. And, you know, he didn't um, become the guy that they hoped he would be when, when he came right, he got Yeah, he was. He was hurt to start the year. And then it yeah, was, he went know, through yeah, a horrific he struggled slump to himself. Find himself. Right. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, who who is the guy? I mean, are you going to say Chris Archer to me? Because I'm not no, buying Chris no. Archer anymore. No, I'm not gonna. Steven Suits is the guy that you sort of you're sort of starting to build around. Now, I actually have a nucleus, so we can get into that of what they're going to start with next year. But when you look back at this team over the past season, yeah, you're right. Kevin Kiermaier might be considered your best player, and I've always said this, and it's I have nothing against Kevin Kiermaier, but I've always thought if Kevin Kiermaier is your best player, you're not a very good baseball team, and that's not a slam against Kevin Kiermaier. He needs to be your third or fourth best player. Yes. And that's the way I felt like when Carl Crawford was here. Yes. When Carl Crawford was your best player, you weren't a good team. When he was your third or fourth best player, you had a really good team. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Kevin Kiermaier does a lot of things that other guys don't do. He does add a defensive element and a speed element on the bases and a hustle element that a lot of guys don't don't on this team. And, and that makes him as valuable, and that's why they're paying him $50 million or whatever it is. But – other guys need to be better. Steven Souza has to be a better player than Kiermaier. And Corey Dickerson has to be a better player than Kiermaier, at least at the plate, if you're going to go anywhere. He's just not – Kevin Kiermaier, you're right. I don't know what he is offensively, Rick. He's a, he seems to me like he's a 250 guy with about 13 homers, 15 homers, and he's going to steal you maybe you know 20 bases. But he's going to save a lot of runs in the outfield, he and he's going to he bring will. energy to your lineup. Which I think they lack. They lack that when he's not in there. I, I can't explain what it is he brings to your ball club, but everybody needs a team. Every team needs that. But you're right. He he can't to be successful. He can't be your best player. Right. So when I look at this team, when I look going forward, this is what I would. This is my guess as to what they're going to build around. I don't. I'm, there could be a change or two here, but I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking, okay, Steven Souza Jr. I'm assuming Evan Longoria is staying and not going. Now, although I agree with you, I think they could deal him. If they got the right offer, well, that's them. it. If you keep them, well, that now is it. You're your committed. Hands. You're you're committed at that point. So it's you got your Steven, hands. Yeah. You're Steven Souza Jr., Evan Longoria, uh, Kevin Kiermaier, Corey Dickerson. I'm gonna throw a name out. You're gonna roll your eyes. Matt the, Duffy. Matt Duffy. I mean, you're probably gonna if he's healthy, 
he's going to be a part of your nucleus. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Which one of those three innings in the international or the instructional league have you liked? I know, I know, but you're you're assuming they've they've invested enough in him that they're going to bring he's him gonna back. He's going to get a shot. Yeah, and then that's it as far as the lineup goes. Uh, you, whoever's catching Ramos, okay, and then you talk about pitchers. I got you. I got Chris Archer. I got Blake Snell, and then I'm done. May, Jose De Leon, maybe. I don't know. So if that's Alex, your nucleus, yeah, call, you get Colome. Colome, um, Colome at the back end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's it, like Odorizzi, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not here. I think we agree that Alex Cobb's probably not going to be here. If that's what your team, if you're talking Sousa, Longoria, Kiermaier, Dickerson, Duffy, Archer, Snell, and De Leon as your there's your there's your cornerstone piece. There's your franchise right there. I don't see how well, that's why you need that's why you need you need kid. You need that infusion of youth. Then you need guys to make it in the major leagues when they come up. Whether that's Willie Adamez uh, or Bowers that I mentioned, I think Bowers they have a lot of high hopes for him. He could play first, you know. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm guessing Morris, that Logan, Logan Morrison's, Morrison's not going to be back. On. Yeah, I'm guessing Brad Miller. I don't know what you're getting out of Brad Miller at this point. And then you got um, some young pitchers down there that they, that they have to, you know, when they bring them up, they have to hope that they're, you know, that, that they hit it. I mean, like, this is what this franchise has always been successful doing. Um, and some of the guys they've had are moving on. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see a whole lot changing for them other than, you know, hoping that and, – and where is where are all these players that they've drafted and developed and that are position players? Well, there's the Over answer the right there. They've they've drafted so poorly, and they've. It's not like a situation where they are the St. Louis Cardinals or they're the the um, the Boston Red Sox, where they're where they're picking late every year. They they're not finding any players they're in that one draft. What it was a few years ago, where they had like oh, a thousand gosh. picks in the first yeah. five rounds. None of those guys have really panned out that well. And the the shame of it all is, Rick, when I look back at this season, you're going to look at who's going to make the playoffs. The Yankees and the Twins, a Twins team that lost 100 games last year, is going to make the playoffs. And it felt like an opportunity wasted. Like, if you would have just been a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, you know, six wins. Six wins Change the outcome of six, seven games, and you're right, right. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt like an opportunity wasted, which leads me to this question, Rick. You are Stuart Sternberg. You're Matt Silverman. You're, you're that whole gang. And you have year-end meetings, and you're doing report cards on everybody, and it comes to Kevin Cash. And Kevin Cash comes in. What are you telling Kevin Cash? And at this point, do you even think about, hmm, do we make a change at manager? Um, no, now, I'm asking you this question knowing full well that they're probably not going to make a change. They're not making a change, and I might not make it this year. But I would – look, I'd have to look long and hard. And we, we said this the other night. I'd have to look long and hard at Jared Sandberg. Because if somebody wants to make him a major league manager, I'd be damned if I'd let him out of my organization without considering him over Kevin Cash. Won the Triple A, won the Triple A championship this year. Look, Kevin Cash um, might, you know, he he's as we talked to Madden, you know, he's doing the on the job training, and and I guess to that extent, Sandberg would too. But if I'm going to turn younger, and I think that's what this team needs to become, you know, they're they're going to have. I mean, at, at some point, you're going to have to you know, trade something to get some prospects that are going to make it to the majors and help you, you know, every day, not just every five days. You know, they've, they've been, they've hit on some pitchers over the years. They've been very fortunate that way. And you know what? Maybe you got to deal with Chris Archer, you know? Um, I know he's cost effective. Um, I know he still has good enough stuff and, and there's the hope that, 
you know, certainly on this staff, maybe you'd still look at him as an ace. Do you believe he is an ace? Though, because I'm telling you right now, I don't. I, I, I do don't not. think he is. No, and I think I, he's and I number two or number three. I think he's pitched enough for us to know what he is. Um, you know, he wants so badly to be that guy, but the fact of the matter is, lots of strikeouts, doesn't go deep in games. What was the number I saw the other day? What 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 the record was in games that he's pitched like over the last. I don't know, 100 games or something like that or whatever it's been. I mean, it's not good. And not just his record, but just the team's record, which tells you that, you know, that he's not a difference maker in that rotation the way you would expect an ace to be. I don't and expect him to be Clayton Kershaw. Like, I'm not – the Clayton Kershaw is an elite pitcher. I don't even know that I expect him to be Chris Sale. But I expect him on games where your team only scores two runs – that you win some of those games. I can't. Yes. There are a lot of games I look back at this year, and they lost three two. And Chris Archer played real pitch really well, but he gave up mm-hmm. one more run than the other team, and that's just, uh, or then one more run than his team. That just can't happen if you're an ace. Uh, Occasionally, I mean, an ace has to pitch a game that you don't deserve to win, and you win because they am. His ERA, um, you know, is is well over four this year, right? I believe so. Um, I mean. Look, he's going to have a – this is what Chris Archer is going to do. He's going to strike out a ton of batters, ton of batters. He's going to make every fifth start. He's not going to miss many games. He's got two pitches that he has confidence in, the fastball and the slider. He can't, you know, command the fastball well enough to work off of that very often. Um, and, you know, he he just doesn't seem, like you said, to have sort of that, that – that, that mentality again he's competitive as hell i mean you you can see the effort level is there but i just think after this long without a third pitch until he unless he were to develop a change up or Mm -hmm. something that would help him you know kind of mix up the repertoire a little bit because teams seem to know how to attack him as much as he tries to attack the hitters you just hit it right on the head teams Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com figured out how to bat against Chris Archer. And they right. do two things. They eventually – now, he'll get his strikeouts. He will. But eventually, he's going to pitch himself out of games. In other words, yep. he's, he's going to be at 100 pitches in the fifth or sixth inning. And mm-hmm. there are enough nights where he should be getting into the seventh and eighth inning more than he does. And it's, again, right. because you know teams, are, teams have figured him out, I think, a little bit. And he needs that – you're right. He needs that third pitch to, to be able to go deep. But could you, you probably could get something for him. That's like that. what I'm thinking. And again, replenishing the farm system is not a bad way to go if you're a small market team. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't watch the Durham Bulls very much. I think they have maybe two or three guys that have a chance to make it to the, the big leagues next year as position players. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, 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 you know, the reason the Rays were good when they were good, there's a lot of reasons for it, but one of them was they had young stars, young guys that became stars. Evan Longoria, B.J. Upton. I mean, you know, Carl Crawford wasn't past his prime yet. Well, Zobers guys, was a young kid, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, they they managed to uh, to grow, 
you know, in the majors and they lost, they lost their games too, but they all got better. And you could see, you could see that, you know, the talent was there and then they put it together much, much sooner than people thought. But I just, and you know, at a time when you don't have a new stadium anyway, you know, they kind of remind me a little bit of a few years ago, you know, when the Cubs weren't quite the Cubs yet, but you could see the young players coming around. I mean, Chris mm-hmm. Bryant still wasn't in the major leagues. In Rizzo fact, had just come up. Rizzo yeah. had just come up. And Rizzo's still a very young player, but when he got up here, it was just kind of Rizzo and the guys. Right. And then slowly, you know, they, they started bringing these guys up. And at that time, you know, they took their lumps. And then and then they got really good, and it was time for Joe Madden. But um, yeah, and then it was yeah, and then you go out and start. Then it was John winning Lester. time, and and then yeah. they went out. Then they went out, and they started dealing in free agency. Here comes John Lester. Here come you know. Now they had the money to do that, but th- this team is really kind of in between. I think they've tried. They tried to thread the needle right every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can get enough wins to make it into a wild card. You know, we can have a club that's going to compete and be around 500 if everything goes well. But, you know, you can you can do that and 10 years can go by, you know. And right. it just seems like you have, you know, you have to commit to uh, drafting and developing players um, and then hopefully signing them to, you know, friendly deals before they get out of here. But I don't know whether the, what other path they have. And, and if I had to choose a path, it wouldn't be, you know, trying to sign a bunch of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Right. It would be going back to pitching and defense. I just think that's the way you went. I mean, every team hit home runs this year. Right. Well, they were a fun team. Here's the other thing, too, Rick. They were a fun team to watch the first half of this season and the second oh, yeah. half of this season. They were dreadful to watch. And I'll tell you how bad it was. Tuesday night, as they were barely hanging on, my wife grabbed a TV from me. She put on that This Is Us show. Have you seen this This Is Us show, by the way? It's I put a, I've watched like it. Stick, I, I hear it's fantastic. I, I saw it in the it's very a early. It's supposedly a fantastic show, but you feel like sticking your head in an oven the whole time because it's a, just a tear jerker of a show. Like every. So every it's two not. Seconds. So it's not us. This is not us. No, this is no. It's not us. <laughs> it's definitely not us. <laughs> it should but be I'd called. Say, this is not us. The, all, it should be. It should be called like this is the most depressing hour of your life. Can and I I'm ask like, you something? And we're, I and I preferred on... watching that over the race. That's well, how bad it was depressing, right? It's like, that's hey, right. Yeah, list on point. tonight. No, I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> um, it's yeah. Here's the thing about about television, and like I've never, and, and I guess, you know, I I only watch sports really just because I'm shallow like that, and I just don't have time. I mean, usually I'm working, and there's like an hour to my life. You know and, me, Judge Judy and cops and sports. That's yeah, it. you do that, right? Yeah, I know you do that, <laughs> but um, but I'm doing stuff so. And with the girls coming home, you know, it's nine, it's nine or 10 o'clock and I'm tired at that point. But my thing is, life is hard enough. <laughs> Why do I want to watch something that either depresses me, terrifies me, all these emotions that I'm trying to get rid of at the end of the day? You know, and I'm, it's like, you remember the show, uh, uh, what was it, uh, 24? Yes. With Keith, I used to love that show. Keep for but it would, yeah. but it would wig me out, you know. Like I'd right. start thinking about terrorism and stuff like that, and I'm like, why? I love the show, but do I really have to have a clock counting backwards and something awful is going to explode in my living room? Like, I, I don't want to be in that mood. 
So this is not. And that's us the for mood. Me. That's the mood that apparently a lot of people were in with the Rays. They were just a. It was not a fun, entertaining second half of the season. Listen, I watched. I think base, watch. baseball has a problem. I agree. It just does, Tom. I, you know, and I love the game. I swear to you, no one. Lo- it's so funny. I, I don't know how I ended. Well, I do know how, but I ended up covering the <laughs> National Football League for life. Didn't play a down of football. Willing to admit that. My son did. But, you know, it's I was a college baseball player. My whole family was baseball my entire, you know, almost the first 30 years of my life. And sure. the thing is, when I watch the game now, the major league game, mm-hmm. it's like I'm back in Legion ball. Ball one, right. ball two, mm-hmm. strike one, ball three, ball four, strike out, right. pop up, home run, ball one. Like, there is no action when there's supposed to be action. Right. You know, baseball has its natural pauses between innings and batters. No, the pauses is when they're playing. It's right. it's just not good. The product is not good right now. I'm telling you, they and need to make not, drastic. They need to make drastic changes, and we'll do a whole podcast on this. I I, swear I know, someday. but I'm just saying, like, it's hard. Boy, it's so hard to like. Tonight was just, and I know they're going through the motions a little bit right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, know, you they're going to have to make Blake some Snell, made... by the way. What a finish. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, you know what? He, he at least he was bad. He was bad on Tuesday night, but I thought I thought he showed at least some signs at the end of the season here. He came I back that... you until tonight. I mean, until Tuesday night he was 4-0. Right. Uh, over his last, I don't know, 6 or 8 starts with, you know, an ERA just above 2. Um, he's done great, but you know, Tuesday it was it was right back to I have no command. I can't drive the ball down in the zone. I, the ball's just you know who he is, play. right? He he's Nuke Lelouch is what he is. <laughs> yeah. No, he truly is. He's got a million dollar arm. I think I know what's going on in that nickel and, head of yours. He's got a million dollar arm, but a five cent head. And I but I think he's getting better at it. I noticed a, a there was a change in him, talking to him over the last few starts, being in the clubhouse and listening to him talk to the media. He seems to be getting it a little bit more. Uh, that's the impression mm. I get. Maybe that'll that'll serve him well. But anyway, uh, they'll play a few more games here. We'll watch them, I guess. But uh, it'll be an interesting offseason going forward. We'll try to talk to Mark Topkin, who covers the Rays for the Tampa Bay Times uh, sometime in the next week or so, maybe as soon as the season's over, just get his impressions on what happened during this season and uh, where the Bucks go or where the uh, Rays go from here. Got ahead of myself. I was talking, thinking about the Tampa Bay Bucks. Rick, we talked about it on the podcast uh, yesterday. Gerald McCoy challenged folks to come see him face-to-face, and the Bucks have put the kibosh on that, apparently, right? You wrote about this in, uh, in the Tampa Bay Times. Yeah, homie, that ain't happening. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> I mean, that place you know, is, uh, it's really a very secure installation. I mean, it's they could run, CENTCOM. What it is. they yeah. could run CENTCOM out of there. If McDill, <laughs> you know, has, has trouble. Um, there is one road in, there is a giant, you know, guard station. There is a really fortified iron gate, uh, that is controlled by said guards. And then there's another gate where the players, after they go through that gate, park their cars and walk. And even, you know, when we on those days that I forget my key pass, I have to call like 25 people to let me in. Right. So it's it's, you know, basically the Bucks said, yeah, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they have a policy. If you got official business there, you know, then that's fine. That's how you get in. But there still has to be a visitor form filled out 
left with security. They have to check all your. So anybody who who's thinking about, you know, I think I'll take Gerald up on that and see if I can, like, you know, say some things to his face. Unless he he decides just to walk and hang out out there outside the building, which I don't know why he would do. That just isn't going to happen. And, and I got the sense, too, that, you know, the Bucks, as an organization, were in a collective eye roll. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what did he like? What? Yeah. Did, no, no. We they can't. probably pulled him aside. Said, Joe, don't do that again. OK. Yeah. It's like, 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 you know, you're just yeah. You're writing checks that we can't cash. And it's like, you don't. You know, what would be you, a great idea. Here's a great idea. This would solve a lot of problems. How about Gerald McCoy invites people to meet him at a USF game? At Raymond James Stadium, and that way maybe people show up. He can talk. You might to people. double attendance. And yeah. you might double attendance, and everybody would, would walk away happy. Anyway, the Bucks will get back to work uh, on Wednesday as they get ready for two big games for the Giants and the Patriots, and we'll talk about that in our upcoming podcast. One last thing I want to hit on, Rick: um, NCA hoops. A big story breaks on Tuesday um, to to basically break it down into a nutshell sneaker companies and agents conspired with coaches to pay players to attend certain schools. And then those certain schools funneled NBA players back to certain agents. Um, and it was just a, basically a circle of fraud and, and conspiracy several schools involved, but the one that's getting everybody's attention is Louisville, which already has had some shady things happen while Rick Pitino has been the coach. Rick, we're a long way from this coming to any sort of conclusion, I think. But this potentially could have been a really bad day for Louisville. And when I say a bad day, I mean Rick Pitino might end up getting fired over this. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that, that the death penalty is discussed. I don't know that the NCAA will ever go that far after we saw what happened years ago with SMU football. But I'm telling you, there's going to be discussion about whether Louisville deserves the death penalty because it's been a shady run program, I think, over the last decade. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Rick Pitino's been seems to be at the forefront of a lot of these scandals, but I mean, this one is, you know, going to take down more than just the five or six universities they mentioned. You know, I mean, yeah, Auburn's involved, you know, Southern Cal, yeah, Oklahoma State, Auburn, yeah. Southern Cal, Arizona. I mean, are you going to go around firing, you know, fire Bruce Pearl and Sean Miller and Andy Enfield and you know, Mike Bolton and you know, and then the biggest of all, Rick Pitino. Are you going to do that? No, but they're because, well, they're no because they're going to they'll take out some assistants and take them out the and leave take the gun, leave the cannoli. I mean, they'll do some of that or the other way yeah, around. I'm sorry, <laughs> leave the gun, take the cannoli. But <laughs> the uh, yes, but some but I but I, I don't know, Rick. I think this Pitino thing, uh, this uh, this is a bad look for Rick Pitino again. Although he came but out on not, Tuesday and said, "I'm shocked at this. I don't I don't know who's yeah. a bunch of renegades, well, you, you, bunch you of cowboys." Yeah, you know who's not shocked? Everybody. Nobody. If you're shocked about this, you you you've really had your head in the sand for a while. This thing is. I mean, basketball. It's probably more blatant because it starts at the youth level. It starts with these shoe companies, and and right. Adidas is involved in this, and, and basically AAU teams the, and all that. The yeah. agents, the agents steering, you know, kids to certain programs that have a certain shoe company, so that when they go there. It's higher profile for the shoe company, and then they get money when they move on to the NBA, et cetera. Um, but the, the real problem here, Tom, is not going to be addressed because the real problem is the one that we and you have talked about a million times. As long as the money is as big as it is in, in college sports and in basketball and football in particular, and these coaches are making these salaries, and 
you know, these athletic departments are making $150 million revenue and the players are getting bupkis, they're getting mm-hmm. nothing. Right. This is what you're going to get because the money is so large. And yes, these kids and the people around them are going to have their hands out because they know the kind of currency that Johnny is making for Louisville, for USC, and for Arizona and stuff. And, and it's not going to be restricted to those schools. It's a dirty little secret. And what's interesting is it took the FBI, okay, to run a sting with a guy that was a financial investor that was in trouble to get all these guys on tape and God knows how many more. And I would imagine that, you know, and Miami's involved in this as well, apparently. Mm-hmm. More than likely another major shoe company. Yeah. Could be Nike, could be anyone. Um, so, I mean, th- this has this has just been in front of the NCAA all these years. And are you telling me, and I know that they only have a couple people in the enforcement agency up there, but are you telling me that none of them knew anything like this could be happening in the entire landscape of college basketball? Because it has been right underneath their nose. But the FBI had to be the ones... Right. to to you know bring this to everyone's attention it's a it's a it's a bad story it's a bad look for college athletics but at some point well people will recognize that this is just professional sports that's all it is we can call it college sports we can call it whatever they want to but it's really just developmental league for the majors and I thought of you as I wrote a column that appears in Wednesday's Tampa Bay Times and up on TampaBay.com, and I was talking about the situation of Florida with the Florida Gators, and they have nine players who are facing like 62 possible felony charges. Right, and it's credit over, card it's over, fraud. It's over credit card fraud, and it involves about $17,000 over nine guys. That doesn't sound like a lot. It's a serious deal, and yeah. they're going to get in some trouble for it. But I did think of you, and I thought, well, if payers, players were paid – would they be going around ripping off credit cards? I'm not making excuses for them. Let's get no, that clear. I don't, no. I don't, it's, it's wrong behavior and everybody else seems to follow the rules and, and these guys right. broke it. But yeah. I did think of you of, of like, these guys are buying laptops and buying, you know, I think at one point somebody was buying gummy bears with this stuff. Yeah. Maybe well, it wouldn't yeah, happen I mean, if guys were getting paid a little bit, of money, I, just a little look, bit of money. I, I just, it, paying athletes is not going to solve all the problems. It's not. Um, but it would be more it would be more equitable if you can make it more equitable between the guys that are actually making the money for these universities and the universities themselves you could probably eliminate uh you know sort of the the incentive for these agents and these financial advisors and these coaches these assistant coaches um to to run these kind of scams and filter this kind of money to to players and to their families i mean uh, it, it may not be, like I said, it's not going to solve everything, but it's going to get rid of some of these shysters. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. So that story is going to play out here more over the coming really days, weeks, and months, probably. We got a lot to talk about over the next week or so. Man, it's going to get really busy here in Tampa Bay sports. Bucks have two big games coming up in a span of like five days, starting on Sunday as they'll take on the Giants and then the defending champion, New England Patriots. And what may be, Rick, one of the biggest games in the history of Raymond James Stadium. It could be a really cool – I can't think of a time where we've had a better – this might be the best coach and quarterback in the history of the league 
still at the height of their powers coming in and that'll be a, a week from Thursday. So that'll be fun. The next day, the lightning opens their season and we'll have playoffs wow. world series going. So a lot for us to talk about. So keep it right here on the Rick and Tom podcast. Please subscribe. Our thanks to our producer, Steve Versnick, Rick, you'll be out at one buck place on Wednesday and we'll talk about more about the bucks uh, rest of the week. Yep, we will. We got OJ Beckham uh, coming to town, and and Mike Evans. I think uh, those two guys are on par, and maybe discuss who's the, who's better. And think about the quarterback parade that's coming with Eli Manning, Tom Brady, going to see Aaron Rodgers before it's over, and then all those quarterbacks in the NFC South. Should be a lot of fun. So we'll talk to you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 